Welcome to Drink Beer, Think Beer, the podcast that gets to the bottom of every pint. I'm John Hall. Homebrewing has been a source of passionate online chatter over the last week after the American Homebrewers Association announced it would put its annual homebrew con on hiatus in favor of smaller events and demonstrations located within the Great American Beer Festival in Denver. Julia Hurst, the executive director of the AHA, is here to explain the change. First, please go visit allaboutbeer.com. There you can find original articles, reviews, news, insights, and podcasts. You can listen to shows like Brewer to Brewer and the All About Beer podcast simply by searching All About Beer wherever you listen to shows. Don't forget, you can follow All About Beer on Instagram, Threads X, and Facebook at All About Beer. And to keep up with all of the smoked beer news and releases, check out This Week in Rauk Beer. You can search the group on Facebook or follow TW Rauk Beer on X and Threads and Instagram. Glassware and apparel is available too on allaboutbeer.com slash merch. This show and all of the work we do, it's supported by you please go visit patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. A few bucks goes a long way to help keep the content fresh and to fund writers, photographers, creators, and editors. Homebrewing has long been a part of the American beer story. The hobby was responsible for encouraging many of the early craft brewery pioneers to go pro. Since then, countless pro brewers have gotten their start by mashing in at home. It's still a popular hobby among enthusiasts, although it's waned over the last few years. The American Homebrewers Association, or AHA, has been around for 45 years and has a full-throated promotional body that promotes the hobby through education, action, and events. The key event for years has been the annual Homebrew Con. It's a gathering of homebrew clubs from around the country who attend detailed seminars, can walk an expo floor, experience Club Night, which is a raucous event that showcases the very best of homebrew in America. And following last year's conference in San Diego, the Brewers Association, which is the parent group of the AHA, announced that the conference would be moved to Denver and held in conjunction with the Great American Beer Festival. Some homebrewers took a cautious approach to the news. Some denounced it as the death of the conference. Details were light on specifics about it all until last week when the AHA announced that the conference would go on, quote, hiatus, end quote, this year, and something called AHA HQ would be set up inside of the GABF. It's still all being worked out. But as of now, it's going to be a members-only area where demonstrations will happen, some talks will be given, and there'll be a chance to mingle among fellow AHA members. The annual Homebrew Awards will be announced on the Thursday night of GABF on stage during the festival. Immediately after this was announced, there is a strong outcry online, especially among established and long-term homebrewers who saw this as the possible end to a beloved gathering. Julia Hurst, the executive director of the AHA, is optimistic about the gathering and what it will entail, even as it continues to get sorted out. But from the outside, and I'm not a home brewer, there are some signs why this move made sense. Conference events are difficult and expensive to put on. Post-COVID, large-scale gatherings have struggled to attract people. Even the GABF, still the largest beer festival in the country, is attracting fewer attendees than it once did. The AHA in general is no exception. Membership was quoted in a 2017 media release that I received as being 46,000. 
A similar release in October 2023 was quoted as 36000 for membership. And in an article in the current issue of Zymergy magazine, the official publication of the AHA, hers quotes the number at around 30000 Ever optimistic, hers frequently mentions 2025 and the future, but has not offered specifics. Having a strong AHA presence at the GABF will be interesting. It's part of a broadening of the offerings at the festival. Last year, brought on a hard seltzer and gluten-free beer pavilion, as well as an international or an import section. Organizers are hoping that a stronger homebrewing presence might convince new folks to pick up the mash paddle. To unpack the last few years and the last week at the AHA, hers join me via Zoom from Colorado. Here's our conversation. I guess I, I, I'd like to start off with what the last couple of years have been like for the AHA and homebrewing in general. Because I remember at the at the start of 2020, pandemic hit, and there was a, kind of a thought that was at least going around certain circles that, wow, if everybody's home, maybe they're going to start homebrewing. And maybe they're going to to take it up for the first time or or get a renewed interest in it. Um, and at least anecdotally, I I, I don't know. I, I I didn't see that happening, but I'm I'm curious as to during COVID life and now post COVID esque, what have things been like? What's what's the state of homebrewing? What's the state of the AHA? <clears throat> excuse me, over these these last four years. So I definitely think COVID had an interesting kind of whiplash effect where I mean, we are the national nonprofit that represents um, 30,000 plus homebrewers and certainly do survey homebrewers, our members, as well as retailers, supply shops. And also I've probably been in more retail supply shops in the last two years since I started as ED for the AHA than anyone. And, and talking to the retailers what they felt happened during COVID was they did definitely get a boost when the breweries were closed. And so, especially ones that were potentially in college towns, I don't want to script too much of the patterns, um, but there was a noted boost and an interest and resurgence. It wasn't just DIYers like me discovering uh, sourdough and bread making, which truly, you know, guilty as charged and it's yeah. been wonderful. I still keep it going. Um, but a lot of people went to um, fermenting beer and then obviously homebrew shops give you the option for ingredients for cheese and wine and cider and kombucha and mead and the like. But once the breweries got back open, from what I'm to understand, one of the patterns anecdotally in talking to so many suppliers is, is that's when uh, people that engage, maybe it didn't stick um, and it wasn't as big of a boom then. And now um, I think homebrewing's ready for a great resurgence. We have a lot of active homebrewers within our AHA community that go beyond beer. Um, a lot of active uh, AHA members um, and most of our members will never go pro. So respecting the fact that this is a hobby, it's a pastime. I'm one of the hobbyists. You know, I started this whole great beer thing as a homebrewer. Um, and so knowing that and where homebrewing goes tomorrow is is the story still being scripted. Uh, but I would say that today's craft brewing community, with many of the pioneers having gotten started as homebrewers and literally kind of uh, um, testing the waters by doing home batches and, and really perfecting at home. Today, many of the uh, brewery owners, per se, can't raise their hand and say that they are homebrewers and the like. So there's there's a lot more to share on it, John, but that's yeah. that's the high level. But I mean, even with 
because that brings up a really interesting point, right? I mean, in the beginning, and the, those you know pioneers that you're talking about, there there weren't a lot of alternatives, but we're getting close to ten thousand breweries these days. And if somebody is interested in beer, they don't necessarily need to go get a five gallon bucket and a and a homebrew kit. You know, they can apply for a entry level job at their at their local brewery, and it sort of bypasses home brewing. Is does the success of of craft sort of play into that narrative? I definitely think with many more options and great beer at the local level, that's uh, evolved to having anyone that does homebrew not need to homebrew as much. Um, there's also the the flip side of that, though, is that the connection to anyone in beer, if they really want to advance, brewing is the way. If you were ever a chef, you wouldn't say you don't cook at home. And that's where some of the best ideas come from. So, yeah, the availability of, of craft beer and the ability to um, get more brewing jobs and the like with 9,000 plus breweries, it's definitely changed the environment. Um, you know, Kate Bernat wrote a great article on good beer hunting. Maybe you caught it or, or maybe some of the listeners on what happens when home brewing and craft beer decouple. Um, and there's many places that we could say that it is decoupling. There's many places that I can say that it still isn't decoupled. We have 2,000, I mean, HA has the leading directories for supply shops, 600 plus, and homebrew clubs, 2,000 plus, and 71% of those homebrew clubs meet in breweries, for example, right? Yeah. So there's still a lot of places where homebrewing and um, pro-brewing are coupled and uh, collaborate, and, and then there's a lot of places where it's just not as robust um, amidst those that are in craft beer. So- the places that they still connect and in, 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 in getting together, um, how does that bode for, or how can that benefit the road ahead? Uh, absolutely. Everything from professional development, um, or you're a new beer buyer, you work in beverage and hospitality. You don't know much about beer. Uh, you're studying or sitting for BJCP beer judge certification program to be a judge or Cicerone. Um, more on the server side, it, it is it is readily pointed to if you brew, you will advance further in any of those things that I just mentioned. Um, I also think about the equity piece. If you want to, you know, make craft beer more equitable with who works in it, uh, more walks of life homebrewing would bring to the table more feeder uh, and aware, uh, gotten your gotten your fingers wet and dirty in brewing people, which is lovely. So I think those are some great examples. How have you all been, I mean, we, we've sort of seen this with the larger craft scope as well, that there is a bunch of us that, you know, have been doing this for a long time and drinking beer for a long time. And, you know, when I say drinking beer, I mean, you know, craft beer and microbrew or whatever, um, you know, we're getting older, we're drinking less, uh, maybe we're not going out as much, um, you know, the demographics seem to be changing with Gen Z coming in and, um, maybe not drinking as much or going to other substances or other beverages. Um, what's outreach been like and what's, what's been the focus on trying to get a new generation interested in, in the hobby? Yeah, I think outreach ties to helping people script the mentality of seeing themselves as a home brewer. Um, and helping people understand that homebrewing can be 
doesn't have to be on the patio or in the garage, which is great. And I do all levels, but also stovetop while you watch a movie. Brew in a bag, which is kind of a Michelin bag that you can put in a larger kettle. Make your stovetop a mash tun and you remove that bag with the grains and then all of a sudden you have a boil kettle. So equipment's gotten a lot easier. Um, and also uh, reminding people where, where sometimes it's resonated to me of, we're not just going to have you homebrew over here in this class or with this homebrew at their homebrew or at their house. Meeting people where they're at has been the, the most effective for me, right? My, my cousins, I visit them and, and buy them a kit. We go to the homebrew shop while I'm visiting and then go to their house and, and they have that kit and they're, they're ready to brew because we're going to brew it at their house. So meeting people where they're at has been effective and it's, it's, it's one batch, right? One, one recipe brew day at a time. And that's, that's kind of how it goes. I like that. I mean, has it, has that been effective over the last couple of years? Well, in mass, we'd like to see homebrewing even more broad and prolific. Uh, it certainly had a rise and then a bit of a cooling. Um, today, depending on who you talk to or which organizations invested in homebrewing on kind of the stakeholder side, they have different numbers. Um, so it's it's a bit of a mixed bag there. But what's what do you I'm, I, what do you mean by different numbers? Oh, I mean, I just, if you were to ask anyone in the space how they're doing on their homebrewing, you'd have to you'd have to ask them get their okay. numbers. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, go ahead. Give me the give me the question. She didn't interrupt me. Well, just on, on, I guess, has it been effective? Has, has the outreach, like, are there tangible things that you can point to for a new generation coming in? I think that the generation that is most prolific in homebrewing is definitely aging. And what needs to be more effective is getting more youth, right? 21, 25 and above homebrewing. So effective is relative. Different bright spots, yes. Different hard roadblocks, yes. It's 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 a mixed bag. Hmm. So as the director of the AHA, then where are you putting your your focus for that? I mean, if, 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 does it go to the members? Does it go to like, what would you like to be doing with the organization to sort of get that new generation in? Yep. Continuing to give reasons and rewards for homebrewing, right? Homebrewing can be looked at as an affordable hobby based on buying craft beer. It also can be looked at as you get, <clears throat> excuse me, it also can be looked at as you get more advanced expensive. So making sure that we have available discounts and encouraging those in the space to try to keep it affordable for homebrewers. The American Homebrew Association has 2000 plus member deals, um, which I think makes things a little bit more palatable and, and better. Um, and then continuing to support clubs. Uh, if you read books, you might go to a book club. The 2000 plus homebrew clubs in the United States, um, some of them have kind of evolved to be more social drinking and appreciation clubs and getting them to connect with their local um, backyard DIYers. Um, that is one way that we are supporting clubs. It's one of the biggest things I'm asked um, of by club officers is how do we recruit? How do we advance? How do we diversify? And and definitely multiple clubs that I've talked to are having success and other clubs are not. It takes concerted effort on connecting with those in the academic space, um, students that are of age, 
at colleges and universities that are prime. Um, and again, I think I mentioned earlier in the convo, um, some of the homebrew shops I've talked to when they are closer to colleges and universities, they tend to have a stronger business base um, for those that are younger as opposed to above 35 years old. Hmm. When you get those questions from the clubs on how they can diversify, how they can reach out, how can they, you know, how can they grow? What are the answers to those questions? Yeah, it's two tiered. It's one, getting newbies, right? And two, um, bringing people back that might have not homebrewed in a while or been a, a member for a while. So that's the the level of connecting with those in their database and calling, checking in on people. How you doing? Come back to a club meeting. Let's get you brewing again. Um, so that's the second tier approach um, compared to the the getting newbies to come to their brew days. Demonstration brew days are um, incredibly powerful. Uh, I love I love giving a good demo, John, at any beer festival. Um, we'll be doing demo brews at Homebrew HQ at Great American Beer Festival in October, where AHA will have its annual gathering, albeit not the HomebrewCon conference that we normally host. And demonstration brewing is 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 the key. People see it, people smell it, people um, can look at the equipment, start to see what is being done. And that, to me, is a very effective one is when clubs go demonstrate brew in their local neighborhoods. All right. So you brought it up. The um, the AHA had its annual uh, meeting. Um, I've always called it HomebrewCon. Is that is that fair? Yes, previously and maybe again in 2025 and beyond. But for this year, because we're not hosting the annual conference, um, we're not calling it HomebrewCon because we want to be very forward about what the experience will be. So it's definitely a gathering. It'll be amazing. And at the home of the festival, the very festival that American Homebrewers Association started um, way back in the day, 1982, but it is not homebrew con this year. So what were the conversations like that led up to last week's announcement that there wasn't going to be the official conference this year. I, I, I remember last year you all announced that the conference was going to be held in conjunction with the GABF. Um, yep. And then this announcement came out saying, oh, we're, on, we're not going to do a conference, but we'll have this uh, uh, AHA HQ uh, alphabet soup um, uh, uh, experience. So what changed between that initial announcement and then the one last week? Just specifically getting to the details of what that annual gathering would look like. So last year we were in San Diego, incredible experience, um, would have loved to have seen more people and the year before in Pittsburgh. So we geographically also will rotate um, areas of the country to bring the annual gathering to as many people as possible and not have them have to have travel as much. So Denver or the middle of the country was a legitimate um, area of interest anyway. And conversations just evolved at the end of the day to not be ready to execute a conference. Um, we need affordability. It's gotten incredibly expensive to execute events these days, especially since COVID. So we want affordability for attendees. We want expenses that are manageable. And we want attendees to have as varied and eclectic an experience as possible. So Denver and at the GABF was, to me, a great idea for 2024. It's also a home for the National Homebrew Competition Awards this year. So that'll be really exciting in the Hall of GABF. will be the NHC Awards on Thursday night. 
And we're still uh, looking at other great things that'll happen in the convention center and offsite. Stay tuned. It's just not a normal year where we have everything ready um, as uh, as normally has gone prior to 2023. So I think that's maybe one of the things I, I think I called it before we started recording a passionate response online um, in some of the various homebrew forums or you know social media pages and 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 things. There's a lot of hand wringing. There's a lot of disappointment, um, and I think some of that stems from just not having answers to some of the questions. Um, and the, you know, the FAQ page on this announcement has a, uh, a whole bunch of, Hey, not yet. Let it, you know, we'll get back to you. We'll, you know, we'll come from there. So there, there's a bunch of, I don't know, hesitation maybe on folks part for embracing it. Cause they just don't know what it's fully going to look like. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. the good the good one the good point to make is that the event's in October. So normally we would have a homebrew con in June. There's many months between now and October. <clears throat> so we wanted to put forth the okay, we did not land on homebrew con. Here is high level what it is. And certainly working behind the scenes um, in a very uh robust uh way to get as many details as possible before tickets go on sale in July. Yeah. So I think that getting people's heads in the game on at least high level of what to expect was a, a good move and transparent. And anyone that is uh, feeling like they have had something taken away, I would encourage them to consider what's been given and added um, and that it's a one year item on their minds in 2025 still can and should be scripted. So to keep an open mind, and it's again, going back to the home of where the AHA started a very festival in the middle of the country and still bringing homebrewing events front and center, um, albeit at the country's uh, largest beer festival, which is uh, pretty exciting. And maybe for some brewers, homebrewers, they would come through the other side, having been exposed to way more than they would ever anticipate and have expected. So that's, I guess, what I'm trying to figure out in in reading this 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 uh, this FAQ. So the awards will happen on Thursday night, which is really cool. Um, and then there's going to be homebrew demonstrations. Um, there's going to be some talks where apparently homebrew legends, I think that's the word you all use, um, will be pouring their own homebrew. Um, which you know, and then there's a chance to try try the pro am. Um, I know this isn't a, a homebrew con conference, um, but I think in, in in reading a lot of the comments, uh, the the reasons people go to the homebrew conferences is for the educational seminars, um, which you know, having given one in the past, and it was the most intimidating thing I've done in the beer space in a very long time uh, because of the level of questions and the technicalities and right, uh, right. the the, the lovely nerdiness. Traditionally, um, are even more technical than many professional brewing conferences I've been to. Right. So folks go for that. Um, they go so, for the package. They go for the package. I mean, so are there going to be, is there, are, are there conversations to have that level of seminars adjacent? Like I'm just, I, I'm just sort of trying to figure out for the folks who go for not only the fun, but for the, you know, the really nerdy education is, is that something that's going to be available? The educational sessions are are homebrew con specific. They will not be a part of this except for some very high level headliner 
level talks that only AHA members can get into. So that's a bit of the difference and certainly something to keep in mind. What's on your wish list then for things that have not been announced yet? <laughs> you are you are fun. Um, my <clears throat> my wish list is to get to it fast so we get as much interest as possible and as many people joining us. Um, that's really it. I mean, I'm in the trenches of of the work, right? I just got back from KC, uh, Kansas City Brewmeisters. Are they're going to be first round um, national homebrew competition hosts? But the competition I just went to and judged at and then spoke at their uh, their banquet was their own competition, 41 years strong. And boy, talk about incredible brewing pride and engaged AHA members all around me. And still I'm doing the work day to day of, of what we are here to do, which is serve members the benefits that we offer, which <clears throat> has everything to do with one of the best magazines. I mean, John, when's the last time you've read Zymergy? And I sent it to you today. If you're in beer media, you should be reading it. It's top of class magazine. We do Zymergy live webinars. I mean, club insurance. I get it in the mail every time it comes out, Julian. I love it. Way I get, you know, I get all of the best uh, homebrewing magazines. I get you Good guys in BYO. Out. I would expect no less, but I was just testing you. And, you know, I mean, we do club insurance to protect uh, hundreds of clubs that, that choose to take us up on that. If you have 75% AHA members in your club, we pay for that insurance. It's covered. Um, the supply shop directory, the, the homebrew club, club directory, which really steers people to those clubs, steers people to those shops. Talked about member deals, 2,000 plus. Um, you know, the National Homebrew Competition two years ago, we um, brought back, thankfully, from, from COVID era to now, uh, the way our members wanted to see it, right? First round separated by final round. And um, we brought back proper scoring first scoring sheets, BJCP sheets. Uh, we bring together the biggest judge pool for the world's largest national homebrew competition. Um, Pro-Am, GABF, we host that. We host the annual homebrew holidays. We added last year home fermentation day because we see that many of our members are going in that direction. And the engagement in August was super fun. Um, Learn to homebrew day. We still have great, um, I think, inspired interest. Big brew in May. So we're busy doing all of that in addition to wanting to give our members an annual gathering that merits their, their dollars and their time. And so 2024 is going to be, I think, an affordable way, but not the normal way that they are used to gathering. And, and I hope everyone stays with us and, and remembers that and give us a chance to script what 25, 2025 will be. Um, and we'll go from there. Are there deposits down on a 2025 location for a conference? Hey, John, what's your mortgage? You want to tell me your monthly mortgage? Because we'll ask that question, too. We, uh, um, I mean, sure. You know, it's yeah. like 2300 a month or oh, something like okay. that. Yeah, You're doing well. Yeah, no, uh, business side of it, I'm not going to get into where we're at for 2025. The, the book is still being scripted. So commitments will um, evolve based on what's looking the best or or not what we want to get towards. So... That's well, the reason I asked was sort of reading the tea leaves, right? I mean, when it comes to something like the 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 Craft Brewers Conference, like we know several years in advance where things are going to be because, you know, the, the, those those plans are out there. You know, the GABF, those dates are locked in several years in advance. So, so that's what I was, you know, sort of getting at with AHA, yeah. where if you're talking about 2025, you know, are there plans in motion already for that? 
Traditionally at AHA's annual conference, um, we would be announcing where the following year is at that at that event. Okay. So look for information from us by, if not at GABF. Okay. There's been a little bit of talk uh, online of regional conferences, regional homebrew conferences. And we've seen the successful rise in the last couple of years of uh, State Brewers Guild having their own conferences um, in addition to a CBC, um, you know, with educational seminars and, you know, sometimes awards or festivals or, or, or folks getting together. Um, is that something that the AHA would get behind some of these more regional or, or state conferences where it's not just the member clubs, but groups of them all getting together for, you know, I guess their own mini version of a, a homebrew con. Yeah, I mean, anything's possible in the two and a half years that I've been here and, and, and many learning still at each corner, um, had a lot of uh, suggestions um, on that front. It all matters on consensus, where the commitments can go and interest from the committee, right? Member committee still is a voice and, and backs what, um, and it's tied to what we do. So anything's possible for the future. And I also think the first rounds for national homebrew competition, which we have nine, so when we put on the National Homebrew Competition and you enter that, and by the way, the entry window is the 27th, February 27th to the to the 15th. So anyone listening, please enter, represent your region. Um, the awards are better than ever, meaning the prizes. Uh, but you want to pay attention to uh, the fact that there's 10 events, basically, that we are hosting. And so those first round locations are a great opportunity, potentially, also to gather more homebrewers. So that's on my mind to watch. Cool. Um, since this is an episode of the podcast, uh, I feel like I should ask you the green door question with the premise being on the television show, the good place in the final season, they introduced this concept of a green door where the characters can walk through it and be anywhere they want doing, uh, whatever they want to be doing. So if we had a green door on our plane of existence and this conversation ended and you could walk through it and be at any pub or any brewery anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Who would you want to be with? And what would you like to be drinking? It's such a great question. And I, I know this question. I would have everyone turn around, not drive in the driveway, down the driveway and in their car or walk, but go back to their kitchen, their patio or their garage and brew a beer. That's my wish. Um, you won't be sorry. It'll be a great experience. You might even do it again or a hundred times more. And I would hope everyone drinks that beer with a family member, a, a friend, a neighbor that matters to them. Because when you hand somebody a homebrew, you hand somebody something of meaning that you personally made. And I can't remember if I covered it all, but that's what I would want. Okay. On message. I love it. Well, October is coming up. Denver will uh, will keep keep paying attention to all of the things that are that are going to come up with uh, AHAHQ at GABF. That's pretty much all of the letters of the alphabet, I think. Um, Julia, <laughs> thanks for thanks for jumping on the line. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for the opportunity, John, and to everyone listening. Thank you. We hope you do um, enjoy your beer in whatever way, and you also brew it. And we've got the resources here for you uh, and recipes too. So let us know how we can help. Be well and take care.
If you're looking to learn more about homebrewing or if you're a pro brewer looking for some inspiration and practical information, there is no greater resource than Brew Your Own Magazine. Check out the website and subscribe to the print edition by visiting byo.com. And hey, homebrewers, how are you feeling about the hiatus? You can tell me about it. It's John Hall, that's J-O-H-N-H-O-L-L, at allaboutbeer.com. That's also how you can get in touch with questions, comments, or guest suggestions. A reminder, go visit allaboutbeer.com. There you can check out the podcast page, the merch page, and read great new content, as well as the archives, which go all the way back to 1979. All About Beer is on social media, at allaboutbeer.com. And if you're interested in supporting journalism in the beer space, email us at info at allaboutbeer.com or go to patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. Please don't forget, All About Beer has a podcast channel now. Search and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Steal This Beer has new episodes every Monday, and the BYO Nano podcast comes out on the 15th of every month. Also, don't forget to check out probrewer.com each week for original articles from the All About Beer team. As for this show, Nate Schweber does the music, Jeff Quinn designed our logo, and I'm John Hall. New episodes release every Wednesday, and that's when I'll be back again to drink beer and to think beer.